is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Kate Lands to the show. Kate will distill the latest neuroscience about how the male and female brains work and how they can impact your business. Kate, I am so excited to dive into this juicy conversation today. I'm devouring your book, and you talk about how it's it's no longer a man's world. I'm in full agreement there. But why are we asking women to think like men in organizations? And you write so beautifully about how we can leverage men's and women's brain power in the world of work. So how did you get started on this? What inspired you and Paul to write this book? Yes, thank thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's so important that we understand about brain sex differences because they are neurobiologically real. And what I find in 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 my work is that a lot of organizational cultures are set up to suit more male brains, and thereby missing out on a lot of the female brains or the more female male brains that they have in their organizations. And so the return on investment on people's brains is just not what it could be. And because of the brain sex differences, women do tend on average to see the world, pay attention, think about problems, um, deal with conflict, take their power in ways that are importantly and subtly different from the way men do it. And I find that in a lot of my my client work, women are being asked to be the best men they can be, which is missing the point. It's like, you know, driving the car with the handbrake on. Why would you do that? And that's how I got interested in this research. It's like if you're really serious about creating the conditions for optimal brain performance at work, you can't ignore brain gender difference. And that's what prompted Paul and I to, to write the book. So let's break it down because some of our global audience may not understand the differences between the female and the male brain. So how do these show up in the workplace, for example? Yeah. So so um, neurobiologically, the, the differences occur on three dimensions. So you've got differences in brain structure, differences in neural patterning, so the way the brain pays attention, and then differences in, in hormones. And each of our brains is unique to us, so it's a, it's a very personal thing, and there is no such thing as, it's not binary, it's not like all men's brains are like this and all women's brains are like that at all. But there are subtle, important differences that, that if you understand them, you can spot them and actually leverage them because it's the difference that really counts. And... The, if I can just pick on, on, on one of the, uh, I think, most fascinating ones, which is the different neural connectivity. So men's brains t- function um, with the connectivity running front to back inside each hemisphere. The female brains function with the activity running between hemispheres. So you get a very different neural pattern. Um, and and this, uh, this was some fascinating research done at the University of Pennsylvania, and very kindly they've allowed me to reproduce it in the book so that you can see that difference, and it speaks volumes. So what does that mean in, in practice? So the male brain is more likely to go from information in to kind of more narrow-focused, coordinated action. The female brain is more likely to go from information in to 
iterative, emergent um, solution generating. Um, and the way, I mean, the, the way Paul would characterize that, and he does in the book, is he says, for the male brain, it's kind of either or, and for the female brain, it's both and. So it's just a different way of paying attention, both of which are, are valuable and, and can contribute greatly to solving problems and, and the sorts of issues we're tackling every day in business. But if you have one form of attention dominating, you, you lose out on the other one. And Kate, you talk about how gender difference and not gender equality are a source of competitive advantage. So help me understand more what that means. Yes, hugely. Well, what I was finding in my research was that up to 30% of some of the brightest brains in the business were going under leveraged, underutilized, because the dominant work practices and ways of going on suited a more male brain. Um, and you know that that that's just not good return on on investment on people's brains. It's not good for, for their well being. So there's a lot of latent brain power sitting in, in in the business. And the point that we're trying to make in the book is if you understand what how how these brain sex differences work, actually you can lean in and create a way of enhancing and harnessing and capturing them as opposed to work just simply work in ignorance of them or allow them to actually get in the way because of, of misunderstandings that arise. And so by creating an environment that's welcoming to all the brains in the, in the business, uh, right across the brain sex spectrum, it's good for people's well-being, which is good for their productivity, and that is good for business. You know, I think about the billions and billions of dollars spent around the world in training and development, you know, through human resources teams. I think about diversity and inclusion training, and you and I are both coaches, leadership developers. And, you know, this is such ripe opportunity mm -hmm. to really leverage the power of men and women uniquely. But my perception, at least from the American realm, is that we're just not doing enough of this. Absolutely. And boy, oh boy, do we need it now more than ever. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we in order to solve the problems that we, we face as, as humanity, we, we absolutely need the best of the most diverse brains um, that, that we can access. And, and you know, the male female brain differences are that they're neurobiologically real. And if we can welcome them both to the party and include them, the, the solution, the output will be better. And there's, there are some shining examples of where that's not happening. Um, currently on the world stage and boy do we need to fix that and that's why I, I just think this is this is a kind of hinge in history right now and um, smart organizations smart leaders and both men and women in business need, need to really get active around creating equal opportunities but that that those opportunities value the the, the gender difference so are you seeing glimpses of this happening? With, and, and it doesn't start with the enlightened leader at the top that, that is aware of this. You know, how do we make this more yeah. uh, readily available besides your extraordinary book, of course? Yes, yes. Well, I, I think there are, there are three things. I think one is, you know, a commitment from the top of the organization to really uh, create brain-friendly environments that welcome the diversity of, of brains in the business. 
Secondly, then is to raise awareness. So education, and that's obviously what I was trying to do with the with the book, is just get the information out there in a way that is easily digestible. You know, you don't need to be a scientist uh, and you're a biologist to understand it, and 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 then translate that into readily applicable models and tools that you can use that will create genuinely brain friendly environments for for all the brains in the business. Um, and, and just one little example was um, a financial services organization I was working with where we had the, the women were in the minority and they were actually having quite a hard time with some of the behaviors that were going on in terms of the old, you know, the boys club. And we they ran, a, ran some workshops with them to share the knowledge. Um, and at, at the end of the workshops, one of the male MDs, sent an email to his female colleague who she was the only woman on the team and he just said you know what I owe you an apology he said I always used to think you were kind of kooky in some of your ideas that you brought to the conversations and I kind of discounted you and he said now I can understand why and how you're just coming at things with a slightly different perspective and actually I'm going to reach out actively to you and ask you what you think because I get why it's different now and that's what this book is all about. It's like increase the knowledge and enable people to have those kinds of conversations. Kate will be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I, I find it fascinating, Kate, because large corporations often claim that they want to create cultures of collaboration and innovation, yet, uh, whether they're doing it consciously or not, they're often promoting those competitive, hierarchical scenarios. Uh, so how do we help them really focus on leveraging the brain differences to, um, to inspire a different culture? Yes, I think the, one of the key things is is awareness. So educating people about the, the the brain sex differences. So things like the male brain and body contains between five and twenty times the amount of testosterone. That's the hormone that drives aggression and competition. The female brain and body contains between five and twenty times the amount of oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, and that promotes collaboration, connection. So naturally there is a, there is a set point um you know on average that that means that women are more likely to be collaborative and men are more likely to compete and all of us will have a you know a, a brain sex somewhere along the spectrum and and be a mix of both male and female characteristics by nurture not by nature and as soon as people start to understand those difference and differences and those subtleties, you can have a, a whole level of you know, a higher level of sophisticated conversation about them, and then make changes by listening carefully to each other. So, a great example is a, the Thames Water Company, 
um, in the UK, and they just changed their recruitment ads and stopped talking about, you know, com competition and champions uh, and the language that their ads more in terms of things like people who enjoy working in teams and their the number of women applying went up from eight percent to 46 percent and they are aiming at 50 50. so just by some simple changes in the language based on that level of awareness they've dramatically transformed their recruitment selection Wow, that's exciting. Now, I'm intrigued. You said it's it's not always binary. There's a spectrum. So I'm thinking of LGBTQ populations and, and fluidity in, in sexual preference. How does this impact the, the differences in the male and female brain? It, it, it's not absolute, right? No, it's by no, it's by no means absolute. And, and hormone levels will have a, a big difference. So it's at the sex of our brain... I call it our, our trust print. It's it's always a combination of of nature and then nurture the experiences that we've grown up with. And so you can actually measure. And the, the, the um, I've got the test in in the beginning of the, of the book, so you can figure out your own brain sex. But on the spectrum, one is a very male brain, twenty is a very female brain, and you can figure out the sex of, of, of your own brain. I have two sons and one has a, is a two out of 20. So he has a very male brain. He's kind of um, very, very focused um, into computer coding. My other son has a, is a 12 out of 20 on the brain sex score. And he's very high EQ. My brain is also a 12 out of 20 on the brain sex score. So it's a really nice way of, of getting to know your colleagues and being able to talk about um, brain sex differences and how you can leverage them because bring all of those diverse brains genuinely to the party so that they're really heard and thinking improves productivity improves innovation improves agility improves and it's with people doing their thing naturally they're not you know expecting women to be the best men they can be um yeah yeah. So let's let's talk about your work with individuals because you've worked with clients around the world. And I love that you're helping them figure out their own unique brain potential and perhaps what they're not accessing. So walk me through an example, even if it's hypothetical, just so our audience can really understand, wow, I can really heighten how I can utilize my brain in my professional capacity. Yes. Yes. So I had a, a female client who was working um, with a, a quite an alpha male and she just she was finding that she just could not in, engage him and fully get his attention. Um, and so we worked on the fact that she had to to match his language uh, in terms of being quite direct and quite authoritative. Um, he also felt quite threatened by her and, and, the, and the situation. So we use the, the rich model, which is a brain-friendly way of communicating. So she tailored this to a more male brain. She has a very female brain, but it, it the brain works bottom up. So the, the emotional brain, it kicks in way before the rational brain. And she started with recognition and then she went on to intention. What was this conversation all about? So that he felt 
she got his attention quickly. He knew where she was going with this conversation. She then moved into the challenge, the issue that they they had be- be- between them, having acknowledged his um, the, the contribution. Actually, that you know the big part he could play in moving this particular project forward. Um, when we get into the challenge, the prefrontal cortex comes on stream, gets excited. And then the the H is for hope, paint the picture of what this looked like when it's all working. So the first two, recognition and intention, those help you to settle down the other person's emotional brain so that they, they realize that you come in, in peace. Then you engage the cortex, which is the challenge piece. Then you paint the picture into the future, which is hope. And that, that involves the dopa, dopamine systems. So she used um, a very simple model, but in a way that was reflecting quite a male stance in the language she was using um, in the setup of the meeting and so forth. So she got his attention as an alpha male. um, And they ended up having one of the the most productive exchanges that they've, they've had. And she was very excited about that. So what we've tried to do in the book is to help people understand what the brain sex differences are, and then provide some simple models that will enable you to really engage somebody who might have a very different type of brain from your own. You know what I love about this? Thinking about the tools, uh, the tried and true tools of, of classic career coaching, right? Like personality and values and strengths. This is another tool in our professional toolbox to think about how can we best communicate individually in a customized yeah. way to to reach and connect with our employers this is really a game changer Kate yes I yeah ab- absolutely and this is why the neuroscience in its applied form is so exciting because it it, it complements a lot of the tools and, and understanding that is already out there but it gets kind of under the hood um, and yeah. gives a whole other level of, 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 of insight and understanding So again, let me give a hypothetical because I can imagine so many of the women and the men listening are nodding their heads saying, okay, great, I need to do this, but I'm a busy leader. How in the world do I start in my organization to get the, you know, heightened uh, awareness of of the different types of brains on my team? Again, we want them to read your book, but where do they even begin, right? Is it with the assessment at the beginning of the book? Yes, I think so. I mean, I've tried to write the book in such a way that you can literally pick it up and start using it in your own business, in your own company. Um, And, you know, I've got clients who will buy the book for colleagues of theirs. Um, But there's enough information in there and presented in a way that is easy to explain, easy to share. And so you could, you know, d- design your own um, team meeting or mini workshop around the content of the book. And, and again, the purpose of the models is that they're they're illustrated with case studies. So it's mm-hmm. not just conceptual stuff. It's about what actually happens in practice um, and just get going. And it's such a fascinating topic that, that I, I find people are endlessly interested and, and you'll just get into the conversation and just by doing that, the awareness levels start to shift. And are you starting to see some organizations brand a brain gender friendly workplace? No, I haven't heard anyone actually call it that um, because, but, but I've got lots of clients who are seriously committed to this and are delighted with, with the results. 
Well, that's exciting. Oh, Kate, I learned so much from you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And your extraordinary book, which is co-authored by Paul Brown, is called All the Brains in the Business, the Engendered Brain in the 21st Century Organization. And of course, it's available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. Kate, I wish you and Paul continued success. And thank you, thank you for sharing your wisdom with me today. That's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new audience members find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.